Hey, welcome to the latest episode of Shit We Don't Talk About, the podcast that takes on topics that need more open and honest discussion, which means some of these topics are triggering, so please take care when listening, and I'll always give you a trigger warning. For instance, here's one. Every episode contains swear words. You've been warned. Make sure to check out the show notes, which include an accessibility transcript of the podcast and all of the links for our guests at shitwedonttalkaboutpodcast.com. Hey, welcome to episode 75 of Shit We Don't Talk About. Well, it's time to finish up the year. And what better way than with a fun, long-form episode celebrating Festivus, you know, for the rest of us. My guest, Drew Linsalata of The Anxious Truth, returns once again, and we dive deeply into our airing of the grievances for the year and also our feats of strength. Strap in. It gets good. Here we go. Drew Linsalata. MDV, Mel Diane Voss. <laughs> Barbara DeDrew. <laughs> <laughs> what up? Back on our bullshit here for the end of the year. I, I am really excited. This this happened accidentally it's that we're recording this. We were, of course, having a two-hour rant on the phone, as yeah. we are wont to do, mm-hmm. and said, oh, let's do something about the annoying habits that people have had and things you've observed with the holiday. And then we realized tomorrow is Festivus. We need to have an airing of the grievances for on, 2022. This could, We could not have planned this any better. We could not have. And I'm, I'm very proud of our, our accidental, fa- accidental fabulousness. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm happy no to more be here romance. To do it. Let's get into it. What's your first rant? Uh, let's let's go with your first grievance. I feel like I'm I got a, some problems with you. People. Yeah, a, I've got a lot of problems with you people, and I'm going to hear about them. <laughs> so, <laughs> R.I.P. Jerry Stiller. But um, I feel like I'm the Joan Rivers of shit we don't talk about. Like I'm the. Yes, you are. This is where I get to come and like I I can't do this on my my podcast, so I get to come and be petty on yours. I enjoy it. Thank you, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> this is your airing of the grievances you can't say on your own podcast which by the way drew does have a podcast called the anxious truth and and uh don't look for content like this over there no you ain't gonna hear that over there so mm-hmm. um well this started where i i think i was just sending you angry messages waiting for you to wake up like about toxic christmas we need to talk about toxic christmas and it and it, it's perfect because festivus <laughs> started sounding like nick nolting in front of a car <laughs> of course i'll talk to you yeah it's early it. in the morning for both of us my voice is even deeper than it normally is it's a it's a good look but um yep yeah i think and it's interesting because we tie it into festivus festivus started <clears throat> excuse me because frank costanza saw the toxicity of christmas to a certain extent he was fighting over an action figure for george he was beating up another <laughs> as i rained blows <laughs> down upon him <laughs> I realized there had to be a better way. And so he invented Festivus. And, and it, it ties in perfectly. Yes, it does. So in my Again, we didn't I even do, talk about that yesterday. Sorry, I don't know talking over we, you, but I just have to get that in there. That that, that in itself is also germinated overnight into this. So Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, you should never just let us have an idea because it's going to wander and get out of control. But <laughs> what, what had dawned on me in the work that I do in the community of people I deal with that are dealing with anxiety disorders, things like OCD and panic disorder – this is a difficult time of year because people are struggling. I get it. They're struggling to just do their best. And like, I can feel the toxicity of Christmas sometimes in the community because. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not picking on, on steroids. By the way, this has nothing to do with faith or religion at all. Nothing at all. 
It's okay, the, maybe a little. <laughs> well, to me, it's the toxicity of the aesthetic of the season is what I, what I see. Because sure. for many, many, many years, you could go and buy magazines that would, you know, about holiday decorating and things like that. But we, now everybody that can fog up a mirror can show their holiday aesthetic. And it leads, you know, people who are struggling for with their mental health to believe that if they don't match that aesthetic, they're failing. They are failing as humans. Oh, God. It's like, it's, again, it's Pinterest on steroids, which, by the way, I'm really going to start adapting the anybody who can fog up a mirror because that is, that is excellent, <laughs> sir. Well, I'm not picking, you know, look, everybody, we're all entitled oh. to the things we like. If you like your holiday aesthetic, I'm happy for you. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. But Go it, check out Pinterest sure, all day but long. It right? becomes a tidal wave. And for people who are struggling one way or the other, whether they're struggling financially, mental health, whatever, physical health, whatever it happens to be, emotionally, relationship-wise, it can make a lot of people feel like I am, I am failing at life here. Because I, I can't seem to create the perfect Instagram reel of my decorated living room that looks like something out of a movie. I, I can't seem to do it. I think curation is killing us a little bit. A little bit. It's gotten a little yeah. out of control. It is. And, it, and, it, and that's, that's the thing, too. I'll even have people come to me with doing a lot that I do with brand ambassador work and things like that. And it's, it's overwhelming for me as well. And that's what I do on the reg is post things about cars or cool things I went and saw or whatever. And it's, and it's very overwhelming that the perfectionism, which, as I always like to say, is, is definitely a weapon of colonialism in the States and, of course, just white supremacy in general. I mean, you just like it's really it's really weaponized to be perfect. And right now everything is on steroids. And one thing that we, we did talk about in our little pre rant rant mm. was that a lot of it also has to do that. We are just coming out of, this was like the first supposedly normal year, right? Put that in air quotes. Of course it wasn't, no, nothing is, but we still felt like this is when we, we got to hit the gas of how much we have missed. So no wonder it's just on hyper drive. Yeah. Especially in your community. Yeah, it's tough. I, I just I see so many people struggle to the point where sometimes I'm compelled to sometimes remind them like you're not failing. You're not broken because you're just mm. doing the best you can. We then it perpetuates those messages of like, especially for parents. You know, that's a thing. I get it. Like you somehow you're responsible for making your children happy and making their memories. Yes. for them. And, and if you fail at it, if the memories aren't what can you hear that guy? Can you hear him in the background? I get this friggin' guy. Copper's <laughs> got shit to say. Meanwhile, Gidget, if I say, hi, bitch, like she's going to start be barking. Yeah. She thinks she's like, oh. So, yeah. this, this bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. The two of them, it's dueling. Yeah, but, one's in New York and one's in, in uh, Denver. Yeah, in Denver. But, um, Good God. No, it, it leads to a lot of those things. You know, I'm responsible for making Christmas. I'm responsible for making memories. I'm responsible for making people happy, making it perfect, ruining their holidays if I don't get it right because I'm struggling with my mental health. And, and it really, can I just interject as yeah. well? Because I like to say interject, first of all, mm. there's that. Anything with some kind of innuendo. But it's, it is mainly women. I mean, that is just part of what has been put on our plate traditionally through society, whether we've accepted it or it's, it's our lot in life, mm -hmm. uh, that, that it really does come, come down to that. And I don't know if you can share an example that someone had yeah. in your group that kind of I mean, obviously, names, yeah, yeah, names I, are nameless, but right, it's, I, a, I, I it's get, a pretty extreme. It's a pretty extreme example of it was of an letting extreme Christmas example. kick you in the balls. Yeah, and, and I think I would agree with you because I think that that whole if we're going to talk about the toxic aesthetic of the holiday season, I believe it is aimed kind of squarely at women or those traditional sort of gender roles, right? So I, there was a what prompted it was a, you know a person that is struggling for sure, and sometimes and you've had 
Jenna Overbaugh on, you've had Chrissy Hodges, you've had people talk about OCD, right, and, and mm-hmm. intrusive thoughts. And people get stuck on these thoughts that are not rational thoughts, but they're very loud for them. They're very loud. And mm. this poor person was struggling with, you know, I'm failing because I'm not going to make the perfect Christmas for a child that is obviously far too young to even understand what Christmas is. You know, like a toddler situation, Yeah, right? I mean, we're talking... Yeah. Yeah. You know, early toddler years, anybody who mm-hmm. I'm not going to even say the, the, the exact age because I want to be really yep. careful about anonymity. But to the idea that, you know, that this child would even have any idea of what seeing the family for Christmas even means. But that's the message that, well, I have to make this. This is my job as a mom to be the perfect mom. And, and that that gets amplified during the holidays to be the perfect yeah. holiday mom. And so, so a little dose of reality was in but this person was really just beating herself up. So that speaks to the power of that message that, and it's not just this one person that we all feel very isolated in our, our thinking a lot of times too. That talks about the power of the toxicity of the holidays and then the expectations that this ridiculous idea and sentiment, and I'm sure she's, it's, it, it, it's mostly impossible to talk her out of this. It's just going to have to pass and she's and she'll have to continue to do the work because it, it is so so powerful. That's one of our every year rants is toxic positivity. You and I've gone yeah. on this on this show before and talked about it and just yeah. And and I will segue into our our joke. We're going to be very careful about this topic because this is is a trigger warning as well. But you know there was this celebrity that recently passed away from mm-hmm. uh, unaliving themselves. As I, I like to be careful about that phrase too. But, you know, you and I got on a little bit, and I think we can carefully broach this as, as well, too, mm-hmm. uh, about the check on your strong friends. First of all, guess what we're mad about? <laughs> I didn't get one goddamn message in my DMs. Nobody must think I'm strong. No, no, <laughs> Nobody it. reached out to me. I talked about this on my show, on Andy's show last night. Like, I was a boop, not a thing. Yeah, yeah, tumbleweeds, crickets. <laughs> Guess we're not that strong, are we? Yeah, I think it's a tough one. We but did why talk is that dangerous, though? What do you think it's dangerous? Well, check, I, I know. You know, check on your look. I understand that the spirit behind it isn't dangerous, and it's it's generous, yeah. and it's smart, and it's yeah. count, and it's kind, and all the knee things jerk, that, but generous. Yeah, it's, it's all the things that we are often not. So it's good to have those conversations and bring up those kind of things because you just don't know what anybody's dealing with. I I think. Yeah. Check on your strong friends to me is an interpretation that like, well, now it's part of my responsibility to fix you or save you or carry your burden. But really, probably yeah. the better thing to do would be, hey, just make sure your friends know that you're there mm-hmm. and that it's okay to talk to you if they ever need to. That's probably yeah. a more accurate and more useful thing to do. Hey, Mia, it, you know what? Is... I know you got a lot going on. I'm here if you need me. Yeah. This is just checking in with you, too. Yeah. I, mean, I know for myself and and with us being friends as well, too, one of the the beautiful things that we have and with all the people that I have kept close in my world are the ones that I can just call up and I, they're, I, they don't have to fix me yeah. and I don't have to fix them. And I think it, that's something because I, I do with each of our rants, we are going to try and offer a little yeah. bit of a solution. We'll let you know if we don't have any fix and that's possible too. That is, but I will say uh, just make it more of a, a, just really, really take away the urge to try and fix someone because that's ego as well too. Yeah, and that's I, that's care. That's ego disguised as care at times. A little bit. I think I know better about you. Yeah, yeah. So right? you got to be careful with that. Like check on your check on your strong friends again. The sentiment is good. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's just maybe the execution, and we should be a little more nuanced with that. 
Just, oh, it made it set my teeth on edge. Yeah, just just provide a provide a place so that your friends know that they can come to it. I, w- I will never yeah. judge you as any less if you are struggling. That's it. No, and it, and it's interesting too. My mom and I go through this as we have this this stronger and stronger everyday relationship of me being fifty seven and her being eighty two, and 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 it's just wonderful because sometimes she will as a mom. I'll give her a call, Marsha and Morrow. Mm-hmm. We're talking about you, <laughs> and. Uh, and, and she'll even she'll start to, well, what do you think about this? And so instead of me working it out, I'm spending time, and this happens to a lot of people, making my mom okay and explaining why those suggestions don't work. Now, and and I'll, I, we're, we're really, really good. I'll be like, oh, mommy, don't fix. And she goes, oh, God, you're right. So I'm really working on that. So it's so healthy because yeah. I, I, we can just head it right there because she's even working on how – natural it is for her to do that Mm -hmm. and then for me to be able to recognize that and think about that energy drain with people that you just want to have a conversation with and they're uh, fussing and fixing and judging you and you're like dude I didn't ask you for that I mean great if you have a good suggestion that's just you know right out of the box and super fresh like a donut all right but (laughs) I think (laughs) interesting I mean from my own personal experience Mm. we've probably had this conversation because you know being friends I understand the the idea behind somebody picking up the phone and say, how is Drew doing? But as that air quotes, probably stereotypical strong friend, I don't want you to ask me that. That is a demand. So just to give you the flip side of this. Especially if I say it in the third person like that, that would annoy the fuck out of me. Yeah, so just like, (laughs) you know, as as much as the the idea or the, the probably the sentiment behind it or the intent behind it is kind and compassionate, and I get that and I like that. Know that for the people that you might define as strong, they always seem so strong, sometimes that's a demand. Tell me how you feel now. I'm supposed to hear, I'm supposed to listen to you. Tell me now. So it's, Make me a bicycle clown. <laughs> yeah, it would be far better. And for somebody like me and people that are listening might resonate with this, might resonate with them a little bit. I am probably less likely to tell you what's actually going on when you tell me that I must now. Now it's my, now I, I'm rolling in to save you, Drew. So tell me what's going on with you. I would much, for somebody like me, it would be much better to just know, you know, I know if I if the shit's really going down, I know I can pick up the phone and call Mia. I know she'll listen. I'm going to double down on it. It's kind of one of those things like I was pulling out of, out of a parking space and somebody honked and now I have to sit here all day because <laughs> I'm bit. so mad about it. I love that meme. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That would be uh, that would be me too. So I think, but I think that is a, a really great conversation because it's it's very sneaky at times. And then I'll I'll end with this I, I on this one, and then we have other rants to get. There's other grievances. No, sir, we are not done yet. Oh, yeah. Far from. But I think it's also dangerous and it's it's distract or destructive to anyone who has lost someone uh, to that particular instance. That all of a sudden now they're they're carrying the weight of the whole world, like, oh my gosh, if you had just asked the right questions or uh, checked in the right way, you could have changed things. And that is an incredibly dangerous sentiment. It is because it leads people to feel guilt that they don't, they don't have to carry or they, they responsibility that they were never meant to carry. Um, Right. It's messy. Keep the door open. Let people know that the door is open and that you'll be there for them and you'll help, you know, help them any way they need you to help. Don't, don't presume to know that we automatically know what our friends need from us. Just offer whatever they need. And and then, then let's roll into one of the annoying things too. And and I got warmed up on Andy's show on this one last <laughs> night, but this, this whole thing along with the hustle of the holiday, and then there's just been the hustle to, to catch up and, and never acknowledge just how 
we may look normal ish, but yeah. we really are not. There's two years of just incredible damage and trauma that I don't, I don't care who you are, how much money you had or didn't have or where you worked or who you lost. Everybody uh, felt that, but this, you know, this glorification of that fucking hustle culture. Ugh. I think I said hustle Russell because it's like Russell Brunson, I think is one of, oh God, he gets on my damn nerve 24 seven. Don't even get me started. It's mostly the dude bro generation. You know, we've, we've ranted. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. That's true. Right. But that's also in the Rachel Hollis thing too, of like, oh, or when I always love to do the rant about, oh, we're all in the same boat. Fuck you. You know, it's like, no, it's this, it's everybody's got a different boat. It's, it's all these storms. But I, this woman named Trisha Hersey, and I think it's H E R S E. Andy had mentioned her and it's Andy Lyons, by the way, she has this great show she does twice a week where she interviews founders, uh, like all these really crazy, cool businesses, basically just anybody that's, uh, you know, women and um, minorities and the the people that mainly don't get a lot of the founder money. But anywho, this Trisha Hersey wrote, uh, she's called the, the, it's the Ministry of uh, NAP. The Nap, oh no, the Nap Ministry. I think it's. I might be getting it, but she's like a bishop, and it's just. I listened to her on Life Kit, and I'll put a link in the show notes as well too. But she did write this book, and and she really, really talks a lot about it of, of getting enough rest. And you know, Cheryl, what's her nuts from Facebook? Cheryl Sandberg. Yeah, she yeah. did no no favors for women a couple of years ago writing her book of, of really glorifying that. And then, of course, Ariana Huffington, I love that she finally backpedaled and really, really doubled down on saying, you know, get sleep and get rest. But again, that comes from a place of privilege as well, too. So I, I will say on this concept, when you read this book or right. I listen to this life kit, please see it from the lens that I saw it initially of. Uh, a black woman in this world that where the hustle culture really plays into white supremacy, white supremacy. I know that's hard. That can be a hard reach for people, Mm -hmm. but that capitalist hustle culture, quite frankly, based on slavery way back in the day when they just, you just worked people to the bone to build that capital. Mm -hmm. Um, So please listen to it in that sense. Again, Trisha Hersey in this, this um, nap ministry, but I know, you know, that world too. I mean, we we're saying that, that even the CDC is saying that the lack of sleep and rest is, is becoming quite a chronic problem in this country and oh, deadly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely a problem. And we, one of the interesting things that I was reading the other day, I've got to find a link. If I find it, I'll send it to you and then you can put it in the show notes okay. if you want. But this was about the Elon Musk craziness that's going on at Twitter. And there was, it was a really, <laughs> Ooh, inten- well, I know and everybody likes to pick on Elon Musk right now. And, and I understand why, but it was an actually a relatively intelligent and well thought out look at that. The whole idea, because Evidently, he got in trouble with the city of San Francisco because he had a bunch of mattresses delivered to Twitter headquarters. Because, you know, we're going to go hardcore now. And, and oh, so yeah. the city of get San Francisco said, so we can work you more. Right. That, so and she is, really does talk a lot about that. Of like, do not get tricked by this. Oh, we're going to you know, bring in these game rooms or playrooms or whatever yeah. to increase productivity. Mm. Right. When you really think about it, that asterisk is on all of that. If like, how can we increase productivity and give you the, the guise of, oh, we're giving you a break? Yeah. No, we're not giving so, you okay, a break. Tell, we're just going to keep you in the building. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, get, I get that. But <laughs> no, don't leave. <laughs> well, he got, I guess Twitter got in trouble with the city for San Francisco. Like, hey, this is an office. This is not where people live. You're not, you're not supposed to live here. And he got his, <laughs> you know, his shorts in a bunch over that. Like, no, no, we're just resting. You know, it's like, <laughs> No, no, I was just resting. I really wasn't sleeping. But uh, it, <laughs> I'm just resting my eyes. But it was an interesting analysis of it. Like, you know, Elon Musk is still preaching things that we got really caught up in 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 
we don't sleep. We glorified that. You know, oh, he only sleeps three hours a night and he built this global empire. But really and truly, if you look now at the people sitting at the very top of the, of the corporate food chain and the entrepreneurial food chain, oh, they're sleeping. They have discovered they have to sleep. So you know who's oh, sleeping now? Probably in some kind of chamber. Yeah. The people at the top are sleeping now. The people who are, think they're going to make it to the top by not sleeping are the ones not sleeping while everybody else is napping. The guys writing the checks are napping. So it was really interesting because the data is super clear. The idea that you can sleep three hours a night. And I shouldn't talk because I'm a weird sleeper. I, I'm, yeah, I don't sleep a lot. I see your shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't sleep a lot. But I'm not trying to not sleep a lot. I'm not, I'm not doing right. it on purpose. Just the way it is for me. But to that whole idea that like we should glorify the people who are only sleeping three or four hours a night on purpose because no one will outwork me. It goes back to that and the thing you were just talking about. I won't sleep because no one will outwork me. And that's that whole idea. Oh. That's meritocracy driven. Like if I just, I'll just outwork everybody else. Well, it's easy for you to say. I'll 10x that. <laughs> right. I'll just outwork everybody. No one will, out, no one will outwork me. Oh, okay. So. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's very true. And I, I, I do think that, yeah, that the 10x thing and then the whole idea. Yeah, it's, it's, I think people are getting away from it. It's not as glorified. But I've said this before, too, growing up in the Midwest, uh, central Illinois, my grandfather worked for the railroad. My, my dad worked for the water company for 40 years. And then he also had little side hustles too. Like I remember going, he would, he would clean the local bar and we would go, this is really it's so dysfunctional male Diane Voss. Daddy would take us to like, cause he would have us on Sundays and we'd be spinning around on the bar stools while he's cleaning this Esquire lounge and eating beer nuts. And we just thought it was the best thing in the world. Cause that was dad's little side hustle on Sunday mornings because he had three kids and he was yeah. 26 years old. And you know, that was so, so the idea of work smarter, not harder mm -hmm. is a very, very tough concept for people our age and our fifties um, and just the world in general. Now, now it's cute and cachet and it has been for a while, but initially that thing just, just can really like, Oh, that sounds lazy. Um, so I, I do still like work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Actually, I, I, re I really do. Yeah. But I think also that, that whole, and this gets us into the side hustle brand. But I think there's also a functional difference between, you know, your dad was 26 years old with a bunch of kids and trying to make ends meet and, mm -hmm. you know, did what he had to do. I get that. And mm -hmm. I'm going to work. I'm going to intentionally do something. I'm going to like some sort of dead Roman emperor. I'm going to take cold showers, sleep on a hard floor and sleep three hours a night because I'm trying to become ultra wealthy. That's a very different set of circumstances altogether. So privileged too, by the way. Yeah, it really and, is. And I, and I will add this in because we'll, this is where I actually got this about the hobbies that we're going to talk about too, this Trisha Hersey with the, the nap ministry. Mm -hmm. She just uh, says, you know, productivity, we, we, we've been taught this whole big hustle culture by the curriculum of white supremacy and capitalism about, you know, being on the clock. And so she specifically is talking about this for organizers and social justice advocates and so forth, or, you know, anybody in rescue work or anything like that, because it is very, very hard to rest. And I saw a lot of people even struggling with that, with this, this polar day after tomorrow vortex situation <laughs> we have going on here in, in Denver. Yeah. It looked like that. Yeah. And you know, a lot of things are people like, oh my gosh, I can't even rest because I know there are so many people out there are talking about even oh, the uh, puppy mills where the, you know, the pets are outside. And so you really do have to make this concerted effort because you, you're just not going to be any good if you're, you're hustling, but yeah, making uh, resting, she says resting is part of, of a strategic plan. It's, it's generative, regenerative. It's not frivolous. So even making hobbies and leisure and putting that on the, uh, the culture, the wheel of the grind, the grind culture, mm -hmm. 
of monetizing your hobbies. Get on that rant because that that triggered you when I said it earlier. <laughs> uh, that I I don't understand that. I mean, I yeah. I understand it. I again the principle. And we mean I like get, oh I I knit sweaters great or I do something great. I'm like right. oh you should yeah oh, Etsy Some, or the whole thing and yeah oh, you know, but you, you know enjoy it. Well, I think that's the trickle down of many years ago when I was building my business, which was never big businesses, never. But I, I had, I didn't ever need to. I was a guy on the internet in technology that wasn't interested in an IPO, which made me weird in the, back in the day. <laughs> and I would get ridiculed because I would be, I would be told things like, "Well, you're just that's just a lifestyle business." I'm like, "Wait a minute! If ultimately this business employs 25 people gainfully." And provides a quality service and provides me with a really comfortable way of life. How is that a problem for anybody? Because I'm not going to own an island or a jet? I don't understand. It's not worthwhile unless I go to there. And now here we are 20 years later and it's trickled all the way down to, I don't understand. If you make such good cupcakes, how are you not monetized? How are you not selling cupcakes? Are we not allowed to just make cupcakes because they're yummy and it's fun to make? I don't. And I I do feel like that that also falls into the 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 feminine side or the, the, the female side or whoever presents as a female of uh, that, they, they just end up, you know, adding that into it. I mean, I still blame the fragrance Anjali. Bring home bacon and fry it up in a pan. Yeah, fry it and never, yeah. let, never ever let you forget yeah. you're a man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can do everything. Ooh, wow. That's damaging. That's <laughs> just saying it's like, Ugh. yeah, I get <laughs> Jane, it. Jane, stop this crazy thing. <laughs> but do you remember in the very beginning of the pandemic, you know, which is now we're coming up in three years ago, which seems amazing Jesus to me. Christ. But do you remember all the the crazy shit that was going on in the beginning of the first lockdowns, which was global? Like, if you don't come out of this with your with a site with two side hustles, a book written, <laughs> remember that whole that whole thing? Then you're missing the point. Are you doing it wrong? <laughs> and, and and an oh. artisanal bread baker bakery, bakery uh, for because you right. made so much bread and right. you learned how to knit. Uh, Eighteen languages later, I've learned to play guitar. Yeah, it really yeah. It, it was yeah. very interesting, and it was so very cute. And we needed that in the beginning. The eight p.m. howl at the moon, yeah. singing out and singing for the workers, and and then of course, as with everything, it's just becomes bastardized and icky and it's so true though i mean it was a thing but again i i I also feel like that was a bit of a a hustle culture you know white supremacy or or a white privilege type of thing too there are a lot of people that had that ability which is why you had all these people that could buy up these houses and decide decide to leave the city and and migrate out to these uh, isolated places because they could afford to do that too yeah but, uh, but you know, to bring it back to the point, like, why do we have to, I don't understand why we have to monetize our hobbies. We're just not, a, are we not, a, I, I don't think anybody's saying you're not allowed to do things for fun. But yeah, to do whatever per, the but fuck to, you want. Right. You don't, but the pervasive message is that somehow or other, like, yes. you know, and you all you have to do is, well, we can get a TikTok rant if we really want, but recently I've become a little bit more active in terms of publishing content on TikTok. And when you scroll through TikTok, you will not believe cold. It doesn't know me yet. So it doesn't, hasn't decided what I like. The number of side hustle, the, the, the amount of side hustle things that you will find on that platform is astounding to me. I'm you just, have a lot of grievances about TikTok, I have, and I like this about you. I have many grievances about TikTok. But I think in the end, it just, but it's a reflection of the culture. So like, true. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a side, a side hustle, side hustle. Let me, and then the biggest side hustle is teaching other people how to do their side hustle. Give me, <laughs> give me a dollar, and I'll tell you how to make a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so true, and it just—it's—I know we're laughing, but the the simplicity of of how prevalent it is. I think in the end, though, you know, the whole like the pandemic starts, lockdown starts, and everybody's supposed to learn to build a side business and make a side hustle. 
But on the flip side of that was, and the people stayed home, which was this idea that everybody was going to stay home and reconnect to nature and the dolphins would come back to canals <laughs> that they never lived in. And somehow all of society would change. And like it's the beginning of Christmas where everything is full of promise and beautiful oh. and clean, snow, crisp. And at the end, we, it looks like Billy Bob Thornton. Like it, it, it's bad, <laughs> it's bad. Santa. But that's just the way life is. We, and we have to kind of accept that, you know, oh, it's going to be ugly. Try- we try to keep reconfiguring it. And what I was started to say earlier is this, the, the great thing about this podcast, a lot of times it's rants of like telling people to stop telling what, telling people what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but, you know, we're not telling you, we're just saying it's a thing of like, you don't, and, and if anything, more of a cautionary tale of don't fall for this shit. Yeah. It's okay to not have a side hustle. I think it's okay. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. if you're struggling to eat, I get why you need a side hustle. I understand that. But if you sure. just like to knit because you like to knit, don't let anybody tell you that you should be selling those things. If it hasn't dawned on you, then you probably shouldn't be selling them. You know what? Another thing I really like that this, this gal, this nap ministry gal, I'm really on, on her, just, she, just even just this life kit. And I don't know if you listen to life kit on NPR, but it's a pretty good series of just fun little, just like that, like a life kit, like helpful information. That's not too preachy, yeah. which I'm also really big on. And she talked about too, like that, that rest can look like, like a lot of different things like that, like hobby, like leisure, um, even with knitting and I do knit and I fucking love it. And I, I make drunk scarves for people. <laughs> I just knit and drink and then they turn out like this. And they're a mess, man. You would love getting a drunk scarf from me, right? Let's play Damn. your cards right. You could get one too. I, I need so, a Mia Voss original drunk scarf. I think you scarf. do, sir. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, because I'm going to be in New York a lot, maybe we just go to the bar and I can knit, <laughs> just knit, knit while. a drunk scarf right there. <laughs> <laughs> Knitting with Mia, which is actually just a drinking game. People don't know this. Yeah. <laughs> Cleverly disguised. Thinly Every time disguised. she does Pearl too, you have to take a shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where this is a thing, but I love it that what she's saying, and I I do find it so soothing. There's just like this, like this cadence about it. So finding anything, and it may not necessarily be. Uh, rest or sleep per se, but something where you are just letting yourself off the hook and, and yeah. relaxing. Just do so just find that experiencing yeah. life just for the pleasure of it is a thing. Yep. We let's on the Oops. side of that. You know what is interesting yes. about this? I did go on her website, the Nat Ministry. Rest is yeah. resistance. I, I yes. actually freaking love that. Do you not? Yeah. yeah. Rest yeah. is resistance. Like, nope, I ain't buying into this shit. I'm not buying stuff, not spending money, not, not, not getting sucked into it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be over here resting. Is- she says it is, it is our divine and human right to rest. I don't have to be productive in order to be worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. All right. What's our next rant? I, we got a whole like bunch of annoying shit that happened. <laughs> they have more gr- the year in review. Grievances to air. <laughs> when do we get to the feats of strength? That's the, my favorite part of Festivus. And just for reference, again, this was all from Seinfeld years ago. And I love how, when I was talking to you yesterday, we, we just mentioned that. And I said, yeah, when is Festivus? And you're like Friday. I mean, it's the way you busted it out so quickly. I was just so incredibly impressed. Uh, of, I'm never going to how much. Always going to know when Festivus is. It's, Jan- it's December 23rd, day before Christmas Eve Festivus. Put it on your calendars, oh, people. I it. I, yeah, I have problems with you people. <laughs> uh, what else happened? Let's see some other shit that, that was, that was random. I love that. Uh, you know, the thing, because generally when we're talking about this is shit that annoyed us. So of course, Ted Cruz, but I don't know if that was, you know, Ted really Cruz wasn't a 2022 general. thing, just in general, he annoys me. Yeah, he does. Anna Delvey really got under my skin and under my, on my last nerve, there's a gal on SNL that just does an incredibly great imitation of her. But of course she's the, 
she's a gal that just scammed a lot of people. Although somebody mentioned on a show when we were talking about her, he's like, you know, you got to admit she got over on a lot of wealthy people. She did. She really did. Crazy story. Oh, it's crazy. But what's funny when you, when you do watch the, the, the Netflix original, which I believe is the gal is Shonda Rhimes. What's very interesting about it is that it just says very plain in the beginning and, and she did she did it very cleverly, too. I don't know if you caught that. If you watch the show, she would like have it on the side of a building or have it come across as a little flyby. This is based on a true story until it isn't. Uh, yeah. And so there's a lot of loosely based. Probably the gal that that made out the worst on it is the one that, that worked for. I don't yeah. know if it was Vanity Fair that just came off looking like a total douche nozzle. Yeah. I don't know why, why that would be a bad thing, a douche nozzle. but Because in the end, it was the only, like, how on God's green earth did you get, she really came out of looking very badly, that poor girl. See my finger, see my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, you're dumb. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about, uh, about, uh, well, let's talk about Miss Queenie. Oh. oh, poor Liz. Yeah, R.I.P. Liz. You know, it was interesting to me to see as an American who has no connection to the monarchy at all. Mm. Mm. I have many, many friends in the United Kingdom that really felt so strongly about that, that I would, they don't express, they don't weigh, they're not braving the Union Jack at me, but they did have an emotional connection to the monarchy and to the queen. It, It hit a lot of people over there really hard. But what I found interesting, again, since we're not tied to it, was the flip side of that. Everything that the monarchy represents, you know, colonialism yeah. and oppression and, and all of those things, transfer of wealth and crazy nonsense. We'll just pilfer your, oh. your cultural artifacts and put them in our museum and we'll preserve them for you and claim the, the high British ground. museum. The British I museum is the worst collection. The- like, really? <laughs> Oh God. I mean, and then we, you know, we just have to laugh of like, okay, we just thought Indiana Jones was a shit. It's fucking robber folks. It was horrible. Like, just, right. And by the it way, it's horrible. not just the British yeah. museum. We have plenty of museums here in New York that are stockpiling cultural artifacts from other places that don't oh. belong there also. So it's not just, the yeah, British. I'd say the Eastern yeah. seaboard is just yeah, rife just with it. Rife we've got, with DC, it. That's exactly, we've got, yeah, we've got New York and it, but I think on, yeah, on the flip side of that were the Americans. And this is when, you know, and I'm I'm of the age. Listen, I got up in the middle of the night when I was 16 years old to watch oh, the, the, wedding. the wedding. Yeah. Yes. Like it was so romanticized. She's about four years older than I am. Just the whole thing. The, the pictures of her in Scotland at Balmoral after they got married and X, Y, Z. And then when when Prince William is born and then you know, as as all the corresponding things. So I bought into that. And of course, when she was just killed was so tragic. But, you know, then you start to really hear a lot of the truth. But then what I find interesting is the folks that were so into it and a lot of them got dragged, rightly so, I think, because it's like, dude, you're into a TV series. You really are not actually into the queen. You're into a TV series called The Crown. That's yeah. what your ass is upset about. <laughs> See, you copper degrees. For anybody who's gotten this far in the podcast, I apologize for for the incessant barking of my dog. Listen, this is the whole thing of us being at home. Fuck all y'all if you yeah. can't take a dog barking in the background. I, I just found it to be an interesting thing. Again, I really didn't have yeah. any, I have no emotional stake in that. I understand what the monarchy symbolizes and what a big part of, you know, British culture and, and you know, even in the Commonwealth nations, my Australian friends felt that. I didn't sure. wasn't expect, my Canadian friends felt that. I didn't expect, well, I didn't expect to see that. Yeah, what I what I liked about this whole thing that caused such a stir and an uproar is that it did make you really start thinking about the ridiculousness of it. I mean, you look at the crown, you look at anything that they have, and it's from, you know, pilfering for centuries, and then people get mad. Oh, you know, what was she supposed to do? I'm like, she had 70 fucking years to make some changes and reparations, so don't bark up this tree about it. And then, yeah. of course, we were 
delighted by the if you're not familiar with with just black Twitter, basically, if folks get on something on Twitter, it is scathing and merciless. And and anybody who misbehaves, Twitter will take you down. But uh, black Twitter was quite in awe of Irish Twitter because <laughs> they they had they pulled no punches of uh, ripping her and uh, uh, the monarchy and new the, one. The was, Irish had some things savage. to say. Yeah, they had they and, had some grievances. And you get it. And maybe one of the good things about the internet is as much of a sewer as it can be is like we now we get to see the other side of some of these stories. You know, you, people get to to express what's going on there. So I found that yeah. to be a fascinating thing for sure. The passing of the queen it was, it was a big deal. And you know, maybe what can happen there is maybe you believe there should be a monarchy, maybe not. But if there is going to be a monarchy because it's part of tradition i get it they might want to start to change some stuff and fix some things like actively then by all means keep having kings and queens just say listen i don't think crusty mccrusterson right now the current reigning queen is gonna do shit i gotta tell you and, nah, and if, if anything proves that just to, to segue again in, in the same topic is what's going on with Meghan markle and these two, so Piers Morgan is the one guy. The other guy, he's also with the the son. And I cannot remember his name, but it just came out. I'll post a link to it where he just, he was given the ability to write this op-ed that was just absolutely horrifying. If you know anything about misogynoir, which is misogyny that's specifically geared towards black women. This guy literally said, I, I, he said, I can't sleep. I'm so, I'm so obsessed with how much I hate Meghan Markle. And he said, I cannot wait until she's dragged through the streets naked while people yell shame and they throw excrement at her. I mean, Oops. talk about a grievance. And it was it was quite horrifying. And uh, what's what's Prince Charles's wife? What the fuck? The consort. Oh, Camilla. What's her, this, this Camilla side piece. Yeah. Girlfriend over here has a big party, a big holiday party and invites these two guys. I mean, what better way to say we really don't think, you know, there's anything wrong when you invite these two people yeah. who have been frighteningly vocal about their hatred yeah. for uh, this woman. It's pretty, so I don't see any change happening anytime soon. Cause then they also would rather uh, defend that guy than even face anything to do with Prince Andrew. Oh, I hi. Know. Yeah. What's happening here? Yeah. Okay. I get it. Let's talk, okay. Let's talk about Andrew. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about crypto. Well, I'm going to talk about crypto so much. Cause everybody likes to hate crypto, but Oh, this whole yeah. FTX thing. I got I got a little deep into that for a day or two. Here's did you that. have Did you have a little LGO? I was. I was a little, little great obsessed with it. I really I did not know the story. I'm not into crypto. I'm not picking on anybody that's into crypto. Love crypto if you want. It's totally fine. Here's the thing. Everybody that I get. calm down. Yeah, it's totally cool. If you love crypto, go for it. Just stop messaging yeah. me about it because I'm not going to do it with you. But anyway. <laughs> But it's then, okay. The new, uh, what, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. It's the new, uh, <laughs> uh, like a, a multi level market. Uh, 100%. Hey, Drew, I've got an opportunity. For so you. don't message me about your crypto thing. And then don't message me about how I'm closed minded and missing an opportunity. I guess I'll don't just have, I'll find a way at- to live with the pain of missing this opportunity. I'll have to find a way to soldier on. Anyway, <laughs> the thing that gets me about the whole FTX thing and the crypto meltdown is the one thing that really stuck out at me about that story was very, very smart people that make, generally speaking, make a lot of money hitting big investments and betting on companies that make them a lot of money. And I'm talking to you, Silicon Valley, right? So we're talking about all the big VCs. To hear the idea that this dude that was running S, uh, running FTX was playing video games while on a conference call with potential investors, and they thought that was just amazing. They could not give him money fast enough in a system that absolutely – when the new CEO that's just the temporary CEO, he's the same guy that wound Enron down – like, he's been through shit shows before. His job is to mop up afterwards. 
when he says this is really bad, you know it's bad. The Enron guy says that FTX was a disaster. No due diligence. No, they just got literally like all flushed with testosterone and hormones over the the kid playing video games and being so incredibly disrespectful and smug that they gave him uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> which he then yes. stole or allegedly stole. I'm sorry. Don't sue me, SPF. Well, and you know where I'm going to go with this. Like, if, 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 Come on. You, if you look up fail forward white guy and their <laughs> bullshit, this is it. <laughs> I'm amazed at it. Like, but we just keep, we do not, we, the royal we. Mm. What is it about the worship of this? Like, he's a genius man. He's playing video games. He's like in his bare feet. They're in the Bahamas all living together, doing ecstasy and sleeping together. And like with no adult supervision, let's give him a lot of money. How fast can we get him that money? Can we wire that today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did breaking your leg, you know, to to get to it. And I I will mention something that I I mentioned to you. I love the podcast Armchair Expert. Mm. And now my new high grade obsession is with. Yeah. Yeah, this Ed, uh, Edward Norton. Yep. yep. Uh, so if you know him, he's an amazing actor. I'll post a link to that. And he actually even said, both of them commented on the fact that Revenge of the Nerds wouldn't even resonate for people now because, no. you know, that was our age. And now they're like, what do you mean? Like, this is, this is it. Like, you can't even get any fucking nerdier. Yeah. But in that kids. situation, the smart guys, the smart kids, I should say, not, it's not specifically guys. My bad. My bad. But uh, Person, people, the revenge, their triumph was they dressed up like Devo and won the talent show. Now, <laughs> now, like smart people give them hundreds of millions of dollars, which then got leads laid by re- the hot chick in the fun. House, Correct. Anyway. And which then leads regular people to give them collectively hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. And then when it vaporizes because no good was happening, we like, oh, my God, how did what a scandal? How did that happen? Well, you handed them your money because you were so <laughs> like hormonally enthused. And here's what gets me about this. I'm going to rant a little bit more. Because the crypto crowd is full of people that love to declare themselves unemotional and analytical. But you literally got caught up in the emotion of this and handed over a collective $8 billion that disappeared. Who is, who is overly emotional? Yeah, who's, yeah, who's overly emotional? Who's the overly there? emotional ones? You just get so I, I excited love- you couldn't help it. Hormonally enthused, by the Hormonally way. Hormonally enthused. <laughs> and so we, we just throw money at them. And then we're like, oh, my God, how could this have happened? So it's like with anything, and, and on a serious note, we, we even talk about what's going on now with you know, fascism and, and everything and how everything old is new again. The same yeah. thing that was happening in, in Germany and throughout the world 100 years ago. We feel like that's it's, it's such a similar, but it's also similar in this, too, of the emperor's new clothes. Mm-hmm. We just keep repeating it over and over again. You have Sam, Sam Friedman, and of course, we have uh, your girlfriend and mine. Oh, the <laughs> big the bulgy eyeballs. If yeah. somebody tells me one more time, oh, her big luminous blue eyes. I'm like, you mean her big bulgy, like disconcerting eyeballs and her weird ass voice? Okay, Elizabeth Holmes, but I, thanks anyway. Thanks you for would playing. think after that, how did they give this guy so much money? Hot on oh. the heels of Theranos. Well, and, and even more so is Adam Newman from WeWork. <laughs> Right. Jesus Christ in a handcart. I mean, that guy was like the, just a, just a taller version and probably more charismatic version of Sam Bankman Freed. Like, I, how did how do we not see that one coming? It's, I mean, look, it's like, what is it? What is it? Uh, uh, what's the comedian? He jokes about how um, Lou Gehrig's disease. How did he not see that coming? You know <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in the end, and I'm not picking, look, any, if you had $10,000 and that was important to you and you lost it on FTX. That sucks. That's a problem. And nobody should have lost their money on that. I get it. But I think it made it much easier for the $10,000 investor that really needs that $10,000. 
if the $200 million people didn't get fawn over this ridiculous thing, the $10,000 investor never has a chance to lose their money. So very yeah. sophisticated people abandon their sophistication and then they drag the rest of people in. So I do believe that the top of that food chain, the biggest investors that should have known better do bear some responsibility for the smaller losses. Oh, that's a really good rant. Because I, I, then, I approve that message. Yeah, if you're going to load this guy with a billion dollars worth of investment money on a thing that you can't see that has never been done before just because you want to believe so much that he may, he cracked the code that you won't check to see if he really did, then you make it so that he can paint an air of legitimacy a, a, over his business. And he could hire yes. people like Larry David and Tom Brady to shill for it. And then it looks yes. legit. And so yeah. then people who couldn't afford to lose money lost money. That's a problem. It, and it's, it is a problem. And, and it's not, it's, it's not a new one either. I mean, we have Ponzi scheme guy of in the, the nineties in, in New York. Oh, Bernie that, Madoff. That, Bernie Madoff. God damn. Did I get LGO with him? Because I think it was this year that he passed away. And yeah. so I revved yeah. that engine back up. I mean, y'all, if you want to get a little bit of a, get off your outrage diet and really binge crazy, stuff. go read about that one or even Enron, honestly, going, yeah. going back to that, that one's really tough too. Cause that was also a lot of people that they weren't even involved in it. That's yeah. the difference of what you're talking about, right? right? These are people that just had their, uh, their, what is it? Their retirement. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. You got to go yeah. work at Walmart. Whoops. We lost your money. <sighs> That's tough. But that you know so that tough. we, I know that look baked into America, especially American culture is the idea that we want to believe in limitless innovation and genius. I understand it's baked in. I want to believe in it too, but we maybe got to yeah. rein that in a little bit. You know, who's kind of fun just to throw that out there too. And I believe this is, uh, this is pretty funny. So this guy is an actor. His name is Ben McKenzie, and he was on the OC back in the day, right? So now he's in his 40s. Well, he's been ringing the bell for a while about it. There's even an article, and it was from, uh, this is from the t March of 2022 in the New York Times. Ben McKenzie would like a word with the crypto bros. He's been very <laughs> outspoken critic of the volatile market uh, yeah. and about speculation. So I, I, I'm sure he seems like a cool enough guy. It's not that he's... I'm sure there's a modicum of schadenfreude happening to like laughing at the downfall told you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. It was very interesting to, to see him and he's, you know, people get, get mad and he even said, you people get mad at you. I've had the same thing. I'm like, Oh, you're missing out, but it is the same thing. I mean, it, yeah, we just literally had this and they even had the Hulu show on, on we work. That's a fascinating one too. The thing that's crazy about crypto is I understand that one of the big draws, listen, I don't claim to be an expert. I'm not a blockchain expert. I'm going to not going to, I, I don't even play one on TV. Didn't sleep in holiday and last night. And I will not be selling a mastermind course on blockchain <laughs> disclaimers. But the thing that gets me is one of the big selling points was it's decentralized, man. There's no central bank, man. Like nothing can bring yeah. it down, man. But then literally you all ran toward a centralized platform that had no regulation. No, it was the worst possible case. It literally exploited the thing. Like the thing you say can't happen with crypto did happen. You put all of it and all of it went through one point where some dude had a strainer taking, taking it as it went through. But isn't that yeah. exactly why people bang drums on Wall Street? To, to yeah. You know, and then crypto was supposed to overturn that whole thing. But now we're giving and money to crypto people who who set themselves up in exactly where the banks are. We'll be the we'll be the arbiters here, and we'll take a little bit every time you do something. Okay, then you so might as well true. just let a regulated bank do it. At least it's safer. Just saying.
Oh, I love that. Just saying, I, you know, not for nothing. Not for nothing. <laughs> not for nothing. <laughs> and podcast. it really is the the uh, the emperor's new clothes, and it's it's just it's incredible of how how simple it, it is. It just keeps getting regurgitated. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, we right. just do it again, and, you know, and we can go all the way back. It's you know Bernie Madoff through Enron, through WeWork, through Theranos, and now you know FTX. There's some other big crypto meltdown too about sometime this year that I don't know anything about. Oh yeah, another I mean, it's, several it's, billions of dollars was vaporized. So I'm like, okay. Hey, speaking of uh, billions, let's segue into something. I don't know if this is necessarily a rant, but we do need to know that the world population is now officially exceeded eight billion here in the year of our Lord 2022. That's a lot. FML. I've been saying <laughs> six billion. I'm way off. Like every time I need a world population, I go to six. I was wrong. Yeah, you, you need off. a unit up it by two. Update. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not again not necessarily a ramp, but just you know something to be aware of as we uh, roll into the the uh, next year, twenty twenty three, which sounds super super old. What else do you have on your your rant list over there? I'm just going to throw a random name out, and anybody who is you know remembers their social studies, Thomas Malthus was he was the guy that studied. I mean, I don't even know eighteen hundreds. He talked about population growth and and a and a problem like a, where Ooh. things get unsustainable. Yeah, M A L T U S. Go back to your high school social studies. Yeah, I need to. I'm, I'm just I'm over here like who? It, it, yeah, you won't sleep <laughs> <laughs> if you read. Like you hear the word eight billion, you hear eight billion, and you start to read some of that stuff. It's like oh, we, this is going to be a problem. What's uh? How do you spell it? M A L T H U S. Thomas. I believe he was so German, German. So it's a little, I believe, phonetic, which I love too. Well, I love any of those those concepts. I mean, I, what did we what did we talk about? There's always Occam's Razor, which I love. Big I'm fan of Occam. Then I guess a big fan of Occam. Is that a white guy though? Occam. I'm so, oh, sorry. Thomas Malthus was English, not German. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. Get it right. Occam was he a white guy? Probably. Let me look, look it up. up. I get. I get. Uh, low grade fascinated with that. Uh, what's his nuts cat? Oh, Schrodinger. Schrodinger. <laughs> Frodo, you're definitely explain. a white guy for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I've heard people talk about the uh, the hierarchy, you know, the, the comfort hierarchy that they hate. That that it's that's actually named after a guy too, and it's it's it was brought up by someone who's not a white guy and still gets what's that called the uh, the five elements of comfort. I'm not familiar with this. All right, I'm going to get back to it. You know, I'm sure the people who's in the podcast going. <laughs> Baby fish mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, by the way, Occam was William, we, we spell it wrong, by the way. He was William of, it's always O-C-C-A-M, Occam's razor, but it was actually William of Occam, O-C-H-O-C-K-H-A-M. William of Occam, who lived between 1287 and 13-something. He was an English Franciscan, so yes, he was a white dude. He was a theologian. Yeah, very much so. Yep. And what about Schrodinger? Oh, Schrodinger, yeah, he was definitely a white dude. Edwin Schrodinger? You know, early 1900s. Yep. Okay. What's the other concept too? Of like, oh, got the it's the the people that think they're really smart, but uh, oh, they're really not. But they're the most confident. There's some uh, Dunning Kruger. Dunning Kruger effect. Kruger effect. <laughs> Probably two white two white people. Dunning and Kruger, I believe. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Built just for white guys because they're the ones that probably are the most. The Dunning Kruger effect is so forward. fascinating to me because we all suffer from it. Every one of us does. Yeah. So it's fascinating to me. Oh, Maslow's hierarchy. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, there you go. Abraham Maslow, another. We're just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But by the way, we call this portion of the program back on our bullshit. 
Yeah, where is it just random nonsense that I can't believe you're listening to, but okay, if you are, thank you. Yeah, yeah, if you're still yeah. listening to us and haven't hung up the phone yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's really good. All right, what else you got? Because we're going to we're gonna head out of here. Oh, yeah. uh, Feats of Strength. What would be a Feats of Strength for you? I don't know. The Feats of Strength was always... George hated the Feats of Strength, though, because I think his dad would pin him down to the floor. It was like wrestling matches. Right. I'm going to go pin my dog down. I'm going to... Right. Yeah. I, I would say yeah, it could be anything to do with uh, Festivus uh, Feats of Strength usually follows the, the dinner and then the airing of the grievances. Well, we didn't have dinner. Uh, it's time for Feats of Strength. And George says, no, no, turn no, it no. off. No, Feats of Strength. <laughs> the Feats of Strength. Uh, he would make him Frank, wrestle him. Yeah. This is this year. The honor goes to Mr. Kramer. Oh, uh, gee, Frank, I'm sorry. I got to go. I have to work a double shift at H&H. <laughs> Kramer. Uh, was over. Kramer, you can't go. Who's going to do the feats of strength? Kramer <laughs> sipping liquor from a flask. How about George? Good thinking, Kruger. <laughs> Until you pin me, George. Oh, yeah, because he's the to pin now. him. Yeah, right. It was wrestling yeah. matches. Uh, yeah. the feats of I would go with the, the, the leg uh, wrestling match or something like that. I think that would be fun. <laughs> or the thumb thing. Oh, leg wrestling or thumb wrestling. That could be our yes, first of his yes, yes, of yes. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I the, I have spent a lot of time this year. You know, here's one little feat of strength. Drinking? At least. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> but I said this year, so, you know, that's not it. <laughs> I did take a break occasionally when that's I, you true. know, had my ayahuasca trip. Uh, that was I, I took a break from drinking to go on an <laughs> ayahuasca trip. I went, <laughs> let's just too. settle in for a minute. To get burned and have frog uh, yeah. frog extract to poison put on my body so I could throw up for 20 minutes. That was a thing. I'm going to put a link to that in my, uh, sure. in my show notes, too, because that actually was a, a big game changer. But uh, what I was really proud of is there are several occasions this year that I had the opportunity to be having a serious conversation with someone, either someone I hadn't seen in a while or someone that I knew. And I just reach over and go, oh, what's on your shirt? And then do the, the flip. You got to do that? Oh, fuck. It's been so good. And I mean, we people are uh, just thrown for a loop and it's tremendous. The the satisfaction I I felt, the laughing, giggling, the running away. (laughs) That's what it looked like. I've probably not done that since the early 1990s, maybe. Yeah, well, look for it when I see you in New York. (laughs) Now I'm going to be on guard. (laughs) I will not look at my shirt. What's on your shirt? I know know what you're doing. But it's also the people. There are have been people that that I really surprised, and they're like, "Nope," <laughs> like they know what's coming. Yeah, well, <laughs> with a straight face too. Now you've ruined your fun. You've telegraphed it for all everybody listening. I have, I have. You know, I just, but you know what? My pride got the best of me. You had a crow bat, didn't had, you? You ruined a good thing. You had a crow bat. You had to talk smack about it. <laughs> my feats of strength would be. Uh, oh, and it actually has here. Here's a list of feats of strength: arm wrestling, thumb wrestling. Say we were on it. Break out the video game console and try something like Wii Boxing, board games, uh, horseshoe, twister, beer pong, have a staring contest. Wait, kind hang on a second here. I'm, I'm, I'm arguing with beer pong, but how is beer pong a feat of strength? I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's I fine. I mean, giving you, yeah, they're giving you some suggestions. What are you arguing with me for? This is on the festivist.web.com, <laughs> sir. I didn't write it. I didn't make up the holiday. Well, this Give next one will really make you mad. It's uh, have a staring contest. Kind of boring, but totally no stress and no contact. <laughs> uh, tickle fight uh, is a good alternative. Uh, leg resting, uh, wrestling, again, finger jousting. I'm, I'm not sure I know what's going on there, but mm-hmm. okay. they also give us a list. And then I'm, I, I, this would be a disclaimer. Uh, anything to do with fire, including <laughs> including the lighting of farts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Festivus suggestion? Well, this is uh, suggestions they do not recommend. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, anything that involves the rolling of or riding of shopping carts down hills. 
<laughs> anything that requires people to climb up on the roof. Any, <laughs> okay, this is out for me. Then. Anything that involves ingesting or sucking of anything. Nickels can be poisonous if consumed in quantity. Wow. Uh, I'll post this link in the. Uh, I love how like, well, we're going to give you a whole list of things that are too dangerous to do, but we know that you're yeah. going to do them the minute we mention them. So yeah, disclaimer, don't say I didn't tell you. I didn't warn you. Just like I say <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast, don't say I didn't warn you. Hey, you I have ridden down a sizable hill on what was even worse than a shopping cart. It was just the wheels of a shopping cart. And a piece of plywood when I was a kid. I'm still here. So I'm just saying, you know. Sir, you own the equipment that makes you a male. And uh, so I'm not surprised by that. I'm still here. We made it. You could, you're somewhat contractually obligated to grow up on the East Coast, on Long Island, be the age that you are, and be male to, uh, we, to have done that. I would yeah, I'd be disappointed. We did. It was just the wheels and a big piece of plywood. And we thought it was a go-kart. <laughs> <clears throat> We all made it. We're still all alive, just FYI. All of us on that sheet of plywood survived. To this exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's just say goodbye to 2022. Fuck them kids, as we like to say often. And sure. uh, what do you got coming up in 2023 there, Cassandra? <laughs> My Cassandra time? You taught yes. me something. I learned something yesterday. I was trying so hard not to. I'm, yeah, uh, right. You were really I'm resistant. I was really working hard to, to not learn something yesterday, but I did, sadly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 2023, just more of the same. I'm still, you know. Uh, will I finish school in 2023? No. Yeah. March of yeah, 2020, somewhere 2024, I think is when I'll actually get my degree. So, And what kind of degree? Let's talk about that real quick. I'm going to be a brain surgeon. After this? No, no. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I'm a, a master's program in clinical mental health counseling. So then I, will, I will be like. Look for that one. I'll be a therapist. How scary is that? People will literally come to me for mental health advice. <laughs> if you've listened to this last 55 minutes. <laughs> But that's it. You might want to suppress this after uh, yeah, after I, you get uh, get your own office. Yeah, th- this so podcast forth, right? has an expiration date. The minute I get licensed, we're going to have to pull this one down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That needs to be hidden nah, and squelched and, and pushed down in the uh, in the algorithms. I have nothing that exciting. In fact, I have nothing exciting at all. Which I have seen lately. Uh, the beauty of saying, okay. uh, "What's going on with you lately?" You're going nothing, nothing, right? <clears throat> nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, like whatever Keeping happens. All my bullshit. Yeah. Getting, getting paid a bunch of money to boss men around on a job site while I wear a hard hat and a very cool safety vest is one of my favorites and uh, producing this podcast. There you go. It is the safety vest that makes it though. I've it seen it. It really does. It just, it brings the room together. <laughs> it does bring the room together. It ties the room together every time. <laughs> very nice. Thank you, Mia. Thanks for inv- inviting me on all the time to rant and say ridiculous shit. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, you invited yourself on this one, sir. Don't sell yourself <sighs> short. <laughs> I got the phone call yesterday. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> kinda hey, did. man. <laughs> hey, man. How about we do a podcast that I can't do on my own? Can I just, can I impede in your space and say ridiculous stuff? You yeah, but you're like, to hit off. <laughs> you said yes faster than Sequoia Capital invested in FTX, so... <laughs> Just I, really, I said yes faster than you answering that Friday was Festivus. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't know. Did Sequoia, I don't know if Sequoia was an investor, but it was the first one that came to mind. So anyway. Well, it was funny as you messaged me and then I, I sent you the, the, the Brenda Vaccaro slash Nick Nolte. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm up for it. And you're like, I don't think you're, I don't up, think for you're up for anything right, right now. now. You're like, yeah, it's all good. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you been smoking at seven o'clock in the morning, Denver time? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm it okay. doesn't let, sound like you've just been let, microdosing let's do mushrooms. It. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little scared. <laughs> you want to uh, finish up? What's, what do you think has been one of your favorite phrases of 2022? Because usually I ask about swear words, but do you have something uh, favorite that you uh, said frequently? I mean, I'm, I'm to me, I, it's an old standby for me. It's always fuck me. It's not just fuck, it's fuck me. Fuck oh. me. 
I know it's Fantastic. really good. And, been, and then you just say it in inappropriate moments too. And it's, I say it as a woman and then I'm really like, Ooh, yeah, that's not a good look for a woman. I guess I gotta, I gotta but watch the room. You know what I think the best part of it is though? When I 99% of the time when I say it, I'm alone, it makes it even sadder yet funnier. Nobody hears it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think it's delightful. You know what that means that you're consistent. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. It's, there's no creativity there. I got to get a little more creative in the way I express myself. That's my, my 2023 resolution is to find a replacement oh. for fuck me. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, today is the 22nd of December. The, my, I, I love the 22s. I was born on a 22. So I've loved every 22nd of the month of this year. Cause they would do 22, 22. So on 12, 22, 23 of next year, we'll be checking in with Drew to see how well he did. <laughs> how did I do? Coming up I to put a sticker on my say. monitor. Just remind myself. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We're out of here. Off like a prom dress. Bye. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You can check out the show notes and guest links at shitwedonttalkaboutpodcast.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and give it a like or leave a review, especially if it's a good one. See you next time. Bye.